I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Keelan McNamara and Hunter Boss. Um, before we get to the news today, we're going to start off with a would you rather keep it spicy on the podcast. So, Hunter, get us started with your would you rather question. I got it, guys. I got the perfect one. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. Would you rather see Alex Pereira or Leon Edwards as a champion in the UFC? Kim, what do you think? Well, Alex Pereira, so I look like I know what I'm talking about. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually a very good question, Hunter. I like where your thinking is. Obviously, very interesting regardless of who you pick. We have two dominant champions in Israel Adesanya, Kamaru Usman. Either one would be a big upset to knock them off their perch. And it would certainly change the course of those divisions for a long, long time. I'm going to stick with Alex Pereira, only not just so that I look like I know what I'm talking about and I'm not scamming my way through this, but also I think it would be really good to shake up the division as well, you know? I mean, Kamaru Usman always comes out and he always is entertaining, to be fair. But Adesanya, I feel like he stagnated and his ego was starting to get into the way of wanting to finish people. So for me, the answer to your question, Mr. Bossman, it's Alex Pereira. Yeah, I'd go. Uh, I'll, I'll make it short. I, I got. Uh, I agree with Keelan. I think Alex Pereira is who I'd rather. It, my, it's a little bit different reasoning. I think Alex Pereira is the best possible person right now to dethrone Israel Adesanya, and we all root for chaos, right? It would cause chaos. I don't think Leon Edwards is the the last person available to beat Usman. I think that's probably Hamzat Chimaev would be that person. So. For me, I'd rather Alex Pereira because I think that is the last guy in line that could potentially dethrone Israel Adesanya. Whereas with Usman, we still got another one in the wing. So Alex Pereira for me. Very nice. Yeah, so is that on to me, I believe? Yes. We keep it cyclical. Absolutely. Let's go. I've got my question in mind, gentlemen. And this question is on the topic of returns. We've been hearing a lot of story about a lot of returns lately. But I've got two hypotheticals for both of you. Who would you most rather see return? Would you rather see John Jones return or Conor McGregor return? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I think I would rather see... I'm going to go John Jones. I think I'd rather see John Jones return, to be honest. I think that because he's going to be at a new weight class at heavyweight, one of the greatest of all time, despite all of everything. Uh, plus, I mean, there's all this talk that he's been like supposed to return and the anticipation has been building for like three years now. So you owe us one, John, please return. So I'm going to go John Jones over Connor. Yeah, I'd go John Jones just because we don't need Connor back right now, but I feel like John Jones has been causing a lot of trouble in the heavyweight division by just being there. Yeah. So (laughs) as long as he shows back up, we can have everything working again. Conor McGregor, hell, he can go act and he can come back later. 
you know, I'm fine with that. Let's get John Jones going again. I like yeah. it. I like it a lot, gentlemen. Thank you for the answers. 100%, 100%. So, brace yourselves for this one, right? This requires some thinking, I think. Who would you rather have become champion, right? Donald Cerrone, cowboy, or Alexander Gustafson? Oh, Gustafson. Gustafson, come on. <laughs> I mean, I love cowboy and all. Yeah. Cowboy would have been a fucking fun champion to watch. But Alex, there's something in Alexander Gustafsson peak when he was just like on top of the world, uppercutting the shit out of everyone, you know? That was what I would have wanted to see from a UFC light heavyweight champion. You know, John Jones is fantastic, and I don't, and I'm not going to discredit his ability. I love it. But Alexander Gustafsson, I think, would have been just a bit more entertaining than Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And I'm saying that slightly. And I love Cowboy. But Gustafsson has a little special place in my heart, you know, for the Swedes and the meatballs. <laughs> for the culture, for Northern Europe. That's, um, right. that, that's a great question, Jack. You you didn't short sell us. It's a really good question. Okay. I'm going to rock with Donald Cerrone. Hey, um, I love it. Yeah, you know, let's go, Cowboy. We know what we do here. Um, Cowboy just would have been such a fun champion. And that, that's really the reason I'm picking him. I don't think Alex Gustafsson wouldn't have been a fun champion. I think he definitely would have been. I mean, the first fight with John Jones proved what type of champion Gustafsson would be, which would have been a brilliant one. Of that, I have no doubt. But I think with someone like John Jones, who is truly a once-in-a-lifetime talent, it's almost okay to leave him there. Because we've, I mean, we've seen John Jones dominate people in ways that nobody ever could have imagined were possible. And the Gustafsson fight kind of signaled the end of that for me. You know, Jones was never the same fighter after the first Gustafsson fight. So I would have been okay with leaving the light heavyweight division as it is. Obviously, if I'd have known the legal issues and all that kind of stuff, then we're having a very different discussion. Gustafsson probably wouldn't have got into anywhere near the amount of trouble. That's probably a fair point. But Donald Cerrone as champion would have been magnificent. And what an ambassador he would have been as champion as well. He literally would have fought the entire division in a night if he could have. And I just think every single card with Cerrone headlining would have been incredible. And moreover, he just would have plain deserved it. You know, even on its simplest level, he just would have deserved to have been champion, even for one defense. Uh, even just for a defense, I'd have liked to have seen his champion. So great, great question. I love Hunter's answer defending Gustafson, but I'm going to rock with Donald Cerrone. Yeah. I'm going to change my answer right now real quick, actually. I'm going to change <laughs> oh. it to Cowboy. You, you want to know why? Because we could have saw Conor McGregor as a triple champ. Could you imagine oh that? Oh, could you imagine that? That's a triple terrible reason Conor to McGregor. Really? Triple C? I mean, this is the real return we wanted, boys. Come on. Triple C? That's a terrible answer. The reason they changed <laughs> oh. it. No. no oh, I'm not I'm supposed there. to give an opinion on my own question. <laughs> but I am going Alexander Gustafson mainly just because of that. Um, oh, come on. Also, because he he came so close to both to throwing John Jones and DC, arguably won both those fights. I'm not supposed to even talk. Anyways, let's go ahead. Move on from that to uh, now we're talking about the news, right? The news is now um, Mall Hill won against Tiago Santos. Clean sweep for us on the podcast. We've been doing a lot of those recently. Well done, everybody. Um, what's next for Jamal Hill? Hunter, what do you think? There's two options here for me, boys. All right. Number one, if he wants to move up in the rankings, that is Jan Blahovich. I think Jan Blahovich, this is the fight that makes sense, yeah. right? I mean, Glover Teixeira is fighting Yuri right now. 
Uh, everyone else is either booked, hurt, or coming off of a loss or slash win. There's Magomed. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him to the side for right now. I'll explain later. Um, I'm gonna say Jan Blahovic right now though because I think this is a fun fight. Both are very heavy hitters. Both have a lot of finishes, and both have a good following for fan bases here. If we're gonna move down the list, which I think we should do, Dominic Reyes. These Ooh. fighters' styles match up immensely. Once on the way up, one's on the way to the bottom, all right? Dominic Reyes doesn't have a ton of fights in him, I feel like. I feel like his chin is compromised at this point. Uh, he's fighting less and less nowadays. I think this is a good fight for um, Dominic Reyes to start lowering even further down in the rankings, which sounds kind of cruel, but this is for Jamal Hill. I think Jamal Hill can really establish himself by saying, hey, the champs before all beat Dominic Reyes. I just beat Dominic Reyes. Now it's my time to move up in the rankings. Magomed Ankalaev on the other hand, I put him on the on the side burner here because I think Magomed Ankalaev and um, Jamal Hill should fight, but they're the new generation of light heavyweights here. We want to give some of that time for the new blood to soak in the UFC, to gain a good following. Then in a year or two, if they're still in the rankings, boom, they fight. It's a super fight. Simple as that. I think it's a good idea. But for right now, Jan Blahovic, if they want to move up, but which I think they should do, Dominic Reyes. I really like that, Hunter. Um, I think the forward thinking is excellent. I really like that. I do think the UFC could do with more of that sometimes, but we're not here to debate that. We're here to debate Jamal Hill. Now, there's quite a few options we can go here with Jamal Hill. There, He's certainly not boxed in, let's put it that way. He has a number of options where we can take him. We can go Magomed Ankalaev, but I agree with Hunter. I think leaving that at least a year down the line makes much more sense. We could definitely do Dominic Reyes. He's still a big name. He's still relevant within the light heavyweight division. He's probably in his, he's, he's not in a good condition. So he's probably not easy to fight, but it's a very winnable fight. Another option I'm going to throw out there and I'm going to get booed and have cabbages thrown at me by my friends and co-hosts, but I'm going to suggest our least favorite fighter ever, Alexander Rakic. <laughs> and the reason I suggest Rakic is not because I want to see it because by Jesus Christ, I don't, because Alexander Rakic makes me want to pull the hair out of my head. But if we're talking about relevancy and we're talking about the division, Rakic makes a lot of sense. He's a very he's a very um, reasonable step up for Jamal Hill. He is quite a big name within the division, and he could be a very good stepping stone for Jamal Hill if he gets any kind of finish over him so i think for the ufc the obvious picks probably dominic reyes i think that ticks every box that we're looking for here but if they're looking to go a little more left they'll maybe spread it out a little bit why not throw alexander Rakic in there i agree with that the, both great arguments from you guys um i think jan blahovic is a little too early for jamal hill personally I I would shoot for I love the Dominic Reyes shout I love that that's I think that's the way shot. to go I I think I'd like and I think they're working on the fight if I read reports right you don't really know until it's official um but they they might be working on an Ankalaya versus Jan Blahovic fight so that might book Magomed and, and Jan which takes them out which I think Reyes would be a great shout all mixed up a little bit left field I'll say Vulcan Ostemir is another potential opponent yeah. he's a little lower on the rankings but It'd be a nice filler fight. Both those guys like to throw hands. It's a fight that Jamal Hill should win. They're still close enough in the rankings to where it makes sense. Um, 
I I think I'd like it'd be a firefight, be fun, and it'd just be another like you know okay let's let's get a six month camp going, let's just like or sorry four month camp going, let's get another fight in by the end of the year or 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 early next year. Um, let's just make the fight happen. Get get some more experience. That way we're not waiting out too long. You're riding momentum. Just get some more momentum. And then after that fight, that's when you look for the high ranking fight with the while the while the madness gets figured out. Take another fight instead of just sitting on the sidelines where people forget about you. Because that's that's what happens with any division. You know, you take a little sit uh, on the sideline, people forget about you. It, it happened to Rockic. It literally happened to Rockic. Like he he didn't fight for a while, and then oh, people kind of we never forgot him. though. Well, we spread we spread the movement hashtag more hate for Rocket. So we kept that going. Um, but but the common person, you know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I think I think Jamal Hill, I think Vulcan Osmir would be a great shout. Dominic Reyes makes probably the most sense, but I'll say Vulcan Osmir mixed up a little bit. Lots of options and great win. Jamal Hill, though, loved it, loved it. Um, with that, guys, let's go ahead and transition to the last segment of the day, the discussion of the week. Um, and we are talking about is Jeff Neal the new dark horse for the welterweight division after he beat Vicente Luque, which I don't think any of us saw coming. Um, Hunter, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had an answer, but the more I think about it, I don't know. Because okay. on surface level, I'm going to say yes. I'd say yes. He just he just beat my dark horse in Vicente Luque, which makes yeah, him the so-called dark horse. But he is so incredibly inconsistent that I cannot just say that he's going to be the new dark horse of the division. So, if he can gather another win in in a impression impressive fashion like he did in that last fight, which can I just say, what a great performance by Jeff Neal. I mean, who saw it coming? And I, I'm not necessarily – I was never a Jeff Hill hater, but I was never, like, a fan. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to his next fight now. That was, yeah. that was a lot of fun. He was so accurate in, in all the strikes he threw out. And the uppercut galore, that's what I was just talking about. That's what I want to see. That's what I got. So, I like Jeff Neal. I just need to see another fight in which he does pretty good. Then he is the dark horse of the division. But he's on, what, a two-fight win streak, and the fight before that was a split decision from Santiago Ponzinibbio, which a lot of people didn't see him winning. So, I'm going maybe. Yeah, that's a very good answer. Very well balanced. Um, for me personally, I don't think he is. Um, I think there's a couple of different reasons. My first reason is this. If we look at the definition of a dark horse, a dark horse is someone who we could legitimately see winning the title, but who's a little too far out of the picture right now. That's the definition of a dark horse. A dark horse is what Hamza Shemaya was last year before he fought Li Liang and then ragdolled him. That is a dark horse. So if we're applying that definition to Jeff Neal, does it really calculate? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is that, again, I I mean, I'm agreeing with Hunter too much lately, but the guy's making really good points. I agree (laughs) with him. The problem is with Jeff Neal. He's too inconsistent to be a dark horse. I can't say I could one day see Jeff Neal being the champion if one day he's got a loss, then a split decision win, then a loss, then a unanimous decision, then a loss in this. It doesn't work that way. That's not what a dark horse is. A dark horse is someone who goes under the radar, picking up wins, working their way up and up and up. And Jeff Neal is someone who's been below the level of Neil Magny for the last two or three years. So by definition, he isn't a dark horse. 
Now, my sec- I alluded to a second reason, and my second reason is much shorter. My second reason is I think there's a fighter in the welterweight division who is much more of a dark horse than Jeff Neal, and it's Sean Brady. Ooh. Sean Brady is your archetypal dark horse, a guy who goes under the radar, gets big wins at fight nights, builds up his name, builds up his following. And that's what Sean Brady is. Sean Brady is a dark horse who's now got himself a big fight against Bilal Muhammad in Abu Dhabi. That's what a dark horse does. Jeff Neal hasn't done that. So to answer Jack, exactly. So to answer to answer Jack's question, and not about Bilal Muhammad, but about Jeff Neal, to answer the question, is he a dark horse? No, because he doesn't meet the definition of one. And there's other fighters who are much better dark horses than he is. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait. Who's uh who's um Sean Brady fighting next? Remember the name? You do you remember the name? Oh, no, wait. Sorry. I forgot. It's, it's something to remember the it's name. Escaping me. It's escaping me right now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, I'm bored of that. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh <laughs> no, I agree with you guys. I I I I think you nailed it. I think Jeff Neal is I don't even know what we saw because that was that wasn't Jeff Neal. I didn't even know Jeff Neal had that potential to do that. I didn't even know he was like capable of doing that. How do you, this is why MMA is the best sport on earth. How do you go from argue, probably losing to Santiago Ponzinibbio to just mauling Vicente Luque? Vicente Luque is a favorite fire for all of us on the podcast because he's like the boogeyman of the welterweight division. That literally his nickname is for the silent assassin. Doesn't talk, goes out there and just, just takes apart people. He just made he made it look easy. Jeff Neal, I don't know if he had like a come to Jesus moment like Jorge Masvidal did a little bit ago, but I agree with you. Jesus, <laughs> look, I agree with you, Hunter. Though, if we see the same Jeff Neal two fights in a row, if if Jeff Neal goes out there and does that again to uh, to whoever he fights next, then I'm a believer. And I don't even know if he's a dark horse at that point or just a straight contender. I, he's probably just a straight contender. I don't know if he can fit in the dark horse category at this point because I feel like he would have to be classified as one right now, which I can't do. I agree with everything you guys said. I need another fight, but I think the next fight would make him a contender because he'll probably be ranked like sixth or seventh right now, um, which is crazy. I, I, I never in a million years thought that was what the result of that fight was going to be. Um, I'm excited. Jeff Neal, that was incredible. Um, yeah. But look, I, I just will have to see because I have you guys. So we mentioned also earlier, like he's been way, way too inconsistent. That's true as far as wins go. But I'd say yeah. he's been consistently just like not what we saw on Saturday. He's been consistently like hesitant to kind of go forward, kind of like going to lose a close decision. That Jeff Neal right there was incredible. I won't say championship level, but a contender for sure. A, a top contender for sure is what we saw. So going out there for the kill, Jeff Neal, I'm a, I'm a real fan living up to his nickname, hands of steel. That was incredible, super exciting. And I just, I hope we see it again because then he's a contender, not even a dark horse. Then he's a straight up contender. Well, who do you guys think uh, he should fight to become a dark horse? Um, I don't think he can become a dark horse at this point. I think this is the question we should be discussing. The problem is he's too experienced to be a dark horse, but he's not been consistent enough to be a contender. He's in a purgatory in the division. 
I think Jackson actually nailed it right on there, Hunter. I think with one big win, he becomes a contender, but he's not unknown enough to be a dark horse. That's the. I think he's been miscategorized. I think that's the problem. That's fair. That's fair. Who, who do you think he should fight next, though? I, I, I have a good one. I'm, I'm saving to the end, though. Okay. He, he <laughs> called out Gilbert Burns, didn't he? He did. Yeah. I think that's the fight to make. I love it. I think I think, now get this, yeah, because he's so inconsistent. I'm not, I'm not giving him that, that, uh, okay, that satisfaction of fighting Gilbert Burns. Okay, I want to see him fight Michelle Pierre. All right, oh, number my 15 ranked Michelle. Yeah. Come on, I mean, think about the people he fights. He fights Santiago Ponzinibbio, yeah. he fought Vicente Luque. I mean, he has crazy fighters all in his roster. I was just looking at it today, I'm like. I don't remember that fight. I don't remember that fight. But that's because I don't remember a lot of Jeff Neal fights, let's be honest, <laughs> right? Now I'm going to remember his fights. But if he fights Michelle Pieta, the most wild man in the welterweight division, not named Hamza Chamaya, you know, I think it would be a pretty you know, what, I'm down. emphatic win. I'm down. What we need to see from Jeff Neal is him against a tr- in a firefight against a true brawler to see if that was a fluke or if he's capable of that. Because if he's capable of that, then he's a contender. We, I mean, I love the chance they look at, and I can't believe he got flattened by Jeff Neal of all people. But if he can replicate that, then we have a real contender on our hands. Personally, I'd actually like to see, like, just as a really fun uh, fight night main eventer, I'd love to see a Brian Barberina fight with Jeff yeah, Neal. That, would, that be would be sick. That would be so sick. And let's see if the hands replicate. Because if he can do that to Brian Barberina, then he's dangerous for anybody in that top six, top seven, no doubt. But gentlemen, the, the headline of this segment to wrap this up from my end is, will the real Jeff Neal please stand up? Wait, hold up. Hello, Dana? Oh. Yeah, oh. Dana, it's me, Hunter Boss from the MMA Island podcast. Okay. Okay, yeah. He likes both those fight ideas, but I think Brian, Brian Barberina is taking the cake. I, I agree. Think, I think we got the next fight plan. I agree. Brian, Brian Barberina, fight night, December. Boom. Right Who's there. This? Um, is this Habib? He agrees Habib. too? Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> we just got everyone on speed dial nowadays. Hold on. Is that, is that Chill Summon? Yeah, he agrees as well. Beautiful. That's the trifecta. We're good to go. Uh, Sean Shelby, <laughs> you're not important, I guess. So, uh, yeah. yes, I look, I love it. Brian Barbarena is fantastic. What a what a pick! I was I was about to say it before Dana White interrupted us. I, I agree, <laughs> man. That's that is the way to go. I love that fight. Slap is a fight night main event. I'm watching. I'm watching that. MMA Island stamp of approval. Yes, stamp of approval. It's not a booked fight, but we're stamping it anyways. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, we only hit dingers in the MMA Island podcast. <laughs> We're like big. It's a home run, home run derby every day. That's right. That's right. Home run derby all day, every day. We're like David Ortiz out here. We only hit bangers. That's right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Great podcast, guys. As always, make sure to subscribe on YouTube. You can listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at mma.islandpod. Dot pod. I always mess that up. Sorry, guys. Um, we have a new post out. It's really interesting. It's about our fantasy MMA teams. Comment, share, uh, do what you want to do with it because that's the new thing. Fantasy MMA is taking over for sure. Um, also, make sure to check out our website, MMAisland.net. Again, everyone, thank you so much for listening and great podcast, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>